0: Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant assistance of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we're here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim, from bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. I hope you'll have as much fun listening to our conversations as we have had. We are proud to have Zoo Med Laboratories as the sponsor of Exotic Pets. Zoo Med has earned its reputation as the number one reptile company in the world, from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man, Gary Bagnall, who still runs it. ZooMed provides supplies and information for every imaginable exotic pet, particularly renowned as the world's expert on UVB and heat lighting. ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools, which they test on their own collection of animals which surround everyone at headquarters. Dr. Doug, one of the things we haven't spent a lot of time doing, which was one of my desires in doing this show with you, is making sure that people have a chance to know about your truly fantastic book that is now winning award after award, The Vet at Noah's Ark. It's just a wonderful story and I think lets people understand you better and the long arc. not that kind of arc, the ARC arc of your professional life and your personal journey looking after animals and and particularly zoning in on exotics. And so many great stories in the book. And why be a spoiler? I mean, get the book and you'll get to read the stories. But at one time you mentioned in passing, some of the stories didn't make the final cut because obviously you have bushel baskets of stories. And the one with the frog with the tumor in his face, Sounded like a really intriguing story, so before you tell it, can you just tell us a little bit about having frogs as
1: pets? Sure, um, yeah, that's it's, it's funny. Just let me just backs up a little bit. When I wrote the book, I wasn't aware of page limits. And so I included all these great, to me, very great stories. And then when it was all done, the editor said, um, This is way too long. <laughs> so the editor got out the red ink and just started cutting and slashing and took out a lot of stories that will show up in the next version. Um, but yes, frogs actually make, I think they make really unique pets. Um, you know, some of them live a few years, um, some of them are as tiny as a, a dime. Wow. And some of them are as large as a softball, you know, like some of these large bufo toads and can live, you know, 20, 30 years. So you're not going to sit on the couch and pet it and watch TV and eat popcorn. Um, but, you know, they, they certainly are a big part of your life. I, I had a, personally had a pet frog for 18 years that lived in an aquarium or terrarium on my desk next to my computer. And then that frog and I wrote, three textbooks, countless, (laughs) you know, research papers, a thousand newspaper articles and magazine articles. Um, We brainstormed a lot of different stories together. (laughs) Um, And then when that frog passed away of kidney cancer, um, you know, I was devastated because I'd sit here at my computer and I'd look down and my frog wasn't there anymore. So I I think they make really good pets. Yeah. You did you
0: did mention that story before and I thought 18 years, holy moly. Those of us that see a frog in the garden think it's probably, I don't know, the lifespan of a moth or something. We don't think (laughs) of them as having such long and complex lives. So tell the story. So in other words, we do recommend, when I say we, it's the royal we, I really mean Dr. Doug, as a pet that frogs make fine
1: pets? Well, there's so many different species, Tracy. I mean, there's frogs like the arrow poison frogs, which, you know, they're the ones that the, um, the Indians used to... Uh, the South American Indians use to tip and taint the, the tip of their arrows that they use to poison people because they have the paralysis in them. Whoops. Um, so, you know, they actually make great living art. They make phenomenal terrariums because they're so colorful and beautiful. Really? And then you have like the pet frog I have now. It's a um, a ceratophrase or a horned frog. And again, they're really beautiful. They're big. They're the size of a baseball. And it just sits there and looks at me. You know, they're, they're, they're a sit-and-wait predator. They don't hop around and run around the yard like a guinea pig. It just sits in one spot and waits for me to come by and feed it. But wow. But they're absolutely you – know, I, I think they're cool animals. That's anyway, so funny. They, they're not for everybody, but for the right person, they make a great pet. I, and I just I have to laugh, too, because um, you know how you get reminders on your, your daily calendar from the computer? Right. So a reminder popped up this morning, first thing in the morning – it's Kevin's ninth birthday. Kevin oh, come and on. Crap. And I'm thinking, holy crap, I've had Kevin for nine years.
0: Oh, my God. And and let's point out, folks, it's in his calendar. So this is a man who truly loves his exotics. It's, happy birthday, Kevin. Yeah, thank just, you. Just briefly, what does Kevin get for his birthday? I mean, obviously, it's not uh, going to be a cupcake with a with a candle in it.
1: It'll be an extra juicy mouse. They eat
0: mice?
1: Oh, yeah. Kevin eats full-grown mice.
0: Wow. He he gets
1: one every two weeks, and he's as happy as he can be.
0: That's what they eat, and it has to be live like with snakes?
1: Oh, no. I never feed anything live. You do not? No, I don't. I don't think it's fair to the prey species. In today's day and age, it's so easy to get quality food items off the internet, so I just buy... You know, every couple of months, I'll buy a block of frozen mice and put them in my freezer. And then when I need one, I take one out, thaw it, and give it to Kevin. Oh,
0: that's great to know. We must do a story on the ethics of what we feed our exotics. I just hope that your wife Jerry never just reaches in there thinking.
1: Hey, let's nice. have some
0: chicken breasts
1: tonight. She's a reptile lover too. But let me tell you, when I'm thawing the mice out in my sink and then guests come over that don't quite <laughs> understand or have the same passion that Jerry and I have, and they look in the sink and see a couple mice floating around in the bottom, and it kind of grosses them out. But
0: you know what? That's half the joy of being exotic. Absolutely. Vet, pet, vet, vet. All right. Tell the story of the frog with a tumor in his face.
1: So I, when I was in Southern California at the hospital, the vet at Noah's Ark. Every month, I would attend the local Southern California Snake Association meeting or Herpetology Association meeting. And there would typically be a couple hundred, 250 people at these meetings, and they would have vendors, and the vendors would have tables, and they would sell you know, reptile equipment, and they would sell food, and they would sell terrariums, and they would sell branches and rocks, and some of them would actually sell snakes and frogs and lizards, and the biggest reptile vendor there his name was lloyd's reptiles and lloyd was a super cool old older gentleman incredibly incredibly skilled herpetologist i mean whenever i had a question about any animal i would always pick up the phone kidding or go over to his pet store and say hey lloyd this came into my office today. I've never seen it. Keep in mind, Tracy, this is before the days of the internet, so you couldn't Correct. look things up. Right. And Lily would go, Oh, that's a butterfly agama from such and such a place. He goes, They wow. eat such and such. He would know everything. Wow. Anyway, one day I was at one of these meetings, and he had two twin daughters, and the daughters were sitting at the table. And I walked by and they said, hey, Dr. Doug, how you doing? Hey, great. And I went by, I said hello to him. And they go, hey, could you just take a look at our frog for us? It's got something on its face. So I looked at the little frog. This frog was actually it was the same species as Kevin. So it was a uh horned frog, Argentine horned frog. And it had a purple growth on the side of its, its face. Um, and it was a tumor. So I told them that. I said, that, that's a tumor and it needs to come off. And they go, oh, gosh, we're going to have to put him down. And we'll just put him in the freezer. And I said, oh, God, don't do that. That's cruel." And I said, you know, bring him in by my office. I will go ahead and I can anesthetize him. And then I can go ahead and remove this tumor. Not a problem. Oh, you know how to do that? Yes, I know how to do that. Just bring him by. We'll get it done. And then he'll be fine. So, of course, they didn't want to pay the money. And I said, you know what? Your father has been so amazing to me and always there whenever I have a question or need help. I said, just bring him by. I'll take care of it. I won't charge him for it. So a couple of days later, they brought the frog by the office. Keep in mind, one of the daughters was really sweet, and then the other identical twin daughter was like the evil twin. <laughs> and you never knew which one you were talking to until oh you opened your mouth. And depending oh on God. what expletive came out, you'd know it was either the nice daughter or the, or not the nice
0: daughter. Or the evil twin.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. So they brought the frog by, and I had my student there with me, and we took it to the surgery suite. And I'm thinking, now, this is a fairly small tumor and a fairly big frog. And anesthesia in frogs is not extremely well-developed, especially 30 years ago. And so I go, you know what? I can probably just give this frog a little sedative. In other words, just calm it down, nice and vacuum. And then use a local, like if you were to go to the dentist and have a tooth filled. They inject their tooth root with a, a local. And then I can remove this tumor. The animal doesn't need to be anesthetized. There's no danger to the animal. And then we'll send it home the same day. And it seemed like a really smart idea. Now let's (laughs) step sideways a little bit. And you have to understand something about the physiology of frogs. Frogs don't see like you and I see. They only see things that are moving. So if a, a fly were to land on the end of a frog's nose and just sit there, they can't see it because it's not moving, but when the fly starts to fly off, the second it moves, Zap. their retinas pick it up, and then they sh- jump out with their sticky tongue and grab the fly and eat it. So when you're working with a frog, you have to move really, really slowly, especially a frog this big that has a very large mouth with very sharp teeth. Excuse and so, me, it has very large teeth? Oh, yeah, that's how they eat a, mice, oh eat my a mouse. Oh, goodness. So, like, frequently, you'll work... Right between the nose because they don't really see right in front of them really well. They see off to the side. Or you'll work on their face by reaching over the back of their head Interesting. So that they don't see you coming. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead. I gave the frog a little sedative. It calmed down. It was a chillin' frog. <laughs> then I reached over with a little teeny needle and I injected some Novocaine or something called lidocaine underneath the tumor so that I could remove the tumor. It wouldn't be a problem. Everything was going along textbook. The student thought I was God because I was doing everything and I was so cool. Right. And I took out what's called a radioscalpel, which cuts with a, a electric current so it doesn't use a blade, so there's no bleeding. Nice. So I could remove this tumor, and then the frog wouldn't bleed, and then I wouldn't even need to stitch it closed because right. I could just zap it off with this electric tumor, right? So I reached around I had my student holding the frog. I had everything my fancy, my fancy gloves on. Uh, everything was numbed up. The frog was chilling on its valium. I reached around behind it. I went to go zap the tumor off with the radio scalpel and when I zapped off the tumor, it slipped out of my little forceps and rolled forward down the frog's nose. Well as soon as it rolled forward, now the frog could see it because it was motion and the frog jumped up in the air and ate the tumor.
0: Oh, my God. Even so it's, even it's, with a sedative in him.
1: Yep. Because their instinct, you know, is to go sure. after things that move. So the frog ate the tumor. And oh, going, my, oh God. my God. So, you know, I didn't want to force his mouth open and chance cracking his teeth or breaking his jaw. So I figured, okay, the frog ate the tumor. <laughs> So would you
0: would you have done a biopsy if you ha- had I, a chance?
1: Absolutely you want to do a biopsy. You can find out what kind of tumor it is. I had a pretty good idea, but I needed the biopsy to confirm it. So I gave the frog back to Lloyd. He was happy. He didn't care that there was no biopsy, right? Right. He was just happy that everything went well. The tumor was gone. The frog was happy, blah, blah, blah. End of story. So the following month, I go to the herpetology meeting, and I walk by Lloyd's table, and his two twin daughters are there. And I could tell right away which one it was because the first one goes, um, Hey, great job on the frog. And then the second one goes, Yeah, until it ate its tumor, you dumb. And she used a nice no. expletive. <laughs> so, oh, said yeah. That. It doesn't matter. The frog did great. And just goes to show you, you got to make sure that your patient doesn't eat their tumor.
0: Oh, my God. That is such a great anecdote. And. How old were these twins? Were they, like, grown up? Uh mid-20s. Oh, they were grown up, so her evil had a long time to develop. Yeah, she didn't have a lot of humility. That is such a wild story. I mean, there's about 100 parts of it that I would love to ask you more about, but we've run out of time. The frog with the tumor on his face who ate his own tumor. I tell you, you couldn't make this stuff up.
1: No, Doug- you can't. <laughs>
0: There's so many other great stories in The Vet at Noah's Ark. It's such a great book. And I'm glad this one will find its way into your sequel when that comes out. Thank you so much for sharing your wonderful Thanks, tales. Tracy. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets, brought to you by the fine family of animal lovers at Zoomed Laboratories, where they make everything you could need to give your exotic its best possible life. Are you an experienced reptile snake breeder or gecko breeder, or are you looking to pick up your first pet bearded dragon? Zoo Med is sure to have what you need so you can confidently care for your exotics. If you have a question for Dr. Doug to answer on the show, feel free to reach out to me on our contact page at tracyhotchnerpets.com, spelled T-R-A-C-I-E-H-O-T-C-H-N-E-R pets.com. Thanks for listening.